for that. Uh, you can open your Bibles to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 19. 2 Samuel chapter 19 verses 18 through 23. Privilege to minister the word of God. And uh, I believe God is going to speak to each one of you this evening. Uh, uh, the Holy Spirit is going to uh, minister to you uh, concerning some things. 2 Samuel chapter 19 verses 18 through 23 is our main text uh, tonight. So as we start off, the Bible tells us that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, we are familiar with this, we've seen it in the movies or uh, uh, maybe documentaries, uh, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he had uh, two criminals by his side. And the Bible tells us that while he's hanging on this cross, he was reviled. Uh, he was mocked. He was insulted. And the people who did this insulting, people who did this mockery on Jesus Christ as he's hanging on the cross, were the Roman soldiers. The Bible tells us also the religious teachers were involved in this. And also uh, the bystanders, as people walked by and they saw Jesus hanging on the cross, they made fun of him, they insulted him, they, they reviled him. Reviled means to degrade someone, to tear them down with your words. And so here it is, they're, they're, they're pulling Jesus down uh, with their words uh, as he's hanging up on the cross. But two individuals that stand out in that situation, in that context, is uh, the two criminals that are hanging next to Jesus. Because what's interesting is the Bible tells us that they also mocked Jesus. So think about that. They're hanging next to Jesus and they're making fun of Jesus. They're insulting him. They're reviling him. They're mocking him as he's hanging on the cross saying, uh, if you're the son of God, why don't you come down? And by the way, if you're going to bring yourself down, why don't you bring us down with you? Matthew 27, 44, the Bible says, Matthew 27, 44, even the criminals who were crucified with him ridiculed him. You know, what makes this scenario outstanding is this. It's just a couple hours later on, one of these criminals who was making fun of Jesus would come around and ask Jesus for mercy. So think about that. In about three to four hours, one of these criminals who come to himself as Pastor Pinnacle's preaching this morning, and he would ask Jesus for mercy. And the Bible tells us that Jesus would show him mercy. Luke chapter 23, verses 40 through 43, the Bible says, But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I, I assure you, today you will be with me in, parab in paradise. So think about this. Jesus had two options. 
He could have dropped the hammer on this guy, right? Wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Just three hours ago, you were saying, you know, if you're God, if this, that, and right? He had that option to drop the hammer on this guy for, for breaking the law. And, and that because he was guilty, he himself spoke those words and said, I am guilty. We are guilty, but this man is innocent. He could have dropped the hammer on this guy or he could have shown him mercy. Jesus chose to show the man mercy. Why? Because at the heart, at the core of the law, is mercy. And so with that in mind, I want to preach to you a message that I've called, The Heart of the Law is Mercy. And we're going to examine this and see what the Holy Spirit speaks to us this uh, evening. Uh, our main text is 2 Samuel 19, verses 18 through 23. 2 Samuel 19, 18 through 23. The, I'm reading from the New Limit Translation. This is where the revelation came out of uh, the Bible says, they crossed the shallows of the Jordan to bring the king's household across the river, helping him in every way they could. As the king was about to cross the river, Shimei fell down before him. My lord, the king, please forgive me, he pleaded. Forget the terrible thing your servant did when you left Jerusalem. May the king put it out of his mind. I know how much I have sinned. That is why I have come here today, the very first person in all Israel, to greet my lord the king. Then Abishai, son of Zeruiah, said, Shimei should die, for he cursed the lord's anointed king. Who asked your opinion, you sons of Zeruiah? David exclaimed. Why have you become my adversary today? This is not a day for execution, for today I am once again the king of Israel. Then turning to Shimei, David vowed, your life will be spared. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for the opportunity, God, to gather once again before you, to hear what your Holy Spirit has to say to us this evening. God, I ask you to speak to your people that they may understand that the core, the center of the law that you gave us is mercy. And that's what you desire from your people. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing we're going to look at is the law and mercy. See, this text gives us a wonderful example of the harmony between the law of God and his mercy. How they work together in the redemption of mankind. The law, which is the Ten Commandments and, and many of the other regulations that are found in the Old Testament was intended to show you and I how sinful we are. Romans chapter 3 verse 20, the Bible says, Romans 3 20, For by the law is the knowledge of sin. This is the New King James. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. New Living Translation puts it this way. It says, the law simply shows us how sinful we are. And so it's giving us a, 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 an idea of what the law was intended to do. Because many times we tend to think that the law was meant to, to, uh, to, to be used as a, as a bat, as a whip to beat people up. But the Bible tells us that the law was meant to show you and I 
our position in life as sinners, our location in life as spiritual beings, that we are sinners. Another aspect that the Lord does is it shows us our need for Jesus Christ. Our need for propitiator. That's just a big word for substitute. Our need for a substitute. So here it is, the Lord is saying, uh, yes, you're guilty of sin. Uh, you, 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 you've fallen so far off from God. Uh, there's no way you can make it back. And then at the same time, what the Lord is doing on the other side, uh, back in the day they used to have tapes, uh, you know, side A and side B. Uh, and so side B says, hey, but there is a way out. And that way out is found by a propitiator. It's found by the Lamb of God. It's found by Jesus Christ only. But many times we tend to stay on side A. And we have trouble even as believers transitioning to side B. But we need to put both of them together because they work together. At the heart of the law is mercy. Why do we need a substitute? Why do we need a propitiator? Because we are all guilty of our sins. We are all guilty of breaking God's law. Romans 3.23, the Bible says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so because God's law demands perfect obedience, we needed someone who could step in for us. In sports terminology, we were getting beat by the devil. We were getting destroyed. We were getting blown out by the devil. And what God did in his mercy and his love, he came and said, you all need a substitute. You need somebody who can give you victory. Because no matter how hard you're trying on the field, you ain't going to win this game. And so what he did, he gave us a propitiator. He gave us a substitute. Jesus, his one and only son, came in for us. And all of us came out of the game. And he took on the devil by himself. And he won. The propitiator. The substitute. Why do we need a substitute? Because we couldn't do it by ourselves. So the question to ask is, why do we try to do it by ourselves? It ain't that complex, is it? Jesus stepped in and met the requirements of the law. He was perfect. How many of you know we serve a merciful God? Praise God on the out. How many of you know we serve a merciful God? Amen. Yes, we serve a merciful God. That he looked at our situation and he said, I'm going to provide someone who can give you victory. I'm going to provide someone who can give you life. I'm going to provide someone who can step in and, and, and get you from the L side to the W side. Amen. And he gave us Jesus. In our sin, with no way out, God made a way. And that way is Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus speaking, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. God showed us mercy through his son, Jesus Christ, when we didn't deserve mercy. 
Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, the Bible says, For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace, right there. Yet God in his grace. He had nothing to do with you and I, what we did or what we were not doing. Yet God in his grace, the Bible says, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Do you know that once you gain the understanding of God's mercy, it will change your whole relationship with Jesus Christ? You come to appreciate the cross. Because when you're living by the law, you don't really appreciate the cross. Because you don't understand the value of it. Because you're working and working and working to earn your salvation to heaven. But when you, when, you, when, you, when you find yourself surrendering to the grace and what Jesus did uh, uh, and the cross and the blood that was shed, you come to appreciate the cross. Understanding God's mercy will change your whole relationship with people. You come to look at them the way God looks at them. You come to look at people with eyes of mercy. I can tell when someone understands mercy because uh, they're able to give mercy. Even when it's difficult. So with that foundation, I was just building a case. I knew all of you already knew all that. With that foundation, let's go back to our main text. Because when you understand mercy, you're able to give mercy. Our main text, 2 Samuel 19, verses 18 through 23. I'm going to reread it again so that we can just get our minds connected to it. They crossed the shallows of the Jordan to bring the king's household across the river, helping him in every way they could. And uh, as the king was about to cross the river, Shimei fell down before him. My lord the king, please forgive me, he pleaded. Forget the terrible thing your servant did when you left Jerusalem. May the king put it out of his mind. Verse 20. I know how much I sinned. That is why I have come here today, the very first person in all Israel to greet my lord the king. Then Abishai, son of Zeruiah, said, Shimei should die, for he cursed the lord's anointed king. Who asked your opinion, you sons of Zeruiah? David exclaimed. Why have you become my adversary today? This is not a day for execution, for today I am once again the king of Israel. Then turning to Shimei, David vowed, your life will be spared. So here it is, we're introduced to a man called Shimei. He comes to King David and he asks King David for mercy. Now to understand what's going on here, unless you are just deep in the Bible and you know the Bible pretty good, you have to know the backstory. Our text comes on the heels of Absalom's rebellion. Now who is Absalom? Absalom is... King David's, uh, one of King David's sons. Now he had issues with King David, some things are taking place, he got mad, and he was able to sweep uh, the people of Israel to his side, and he caused a rebellion in the kingdom, uh, and he basically took over the kingdom from his own dad. And so his dad is on the run now, 
Pastor Pinnick touched on this, I think, Wednesday. Uh, he spoke a little bit about this individual, Shimei. And so here it is, King David is on the run now. He has, uh, it's King David, he's, 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 he's a family. He has his soldiers with him, about 600 warriors with him, uh, and a couple of other counselors and advisors. And so they're, they're, they're heading out, about 800 people heading out. They're leaving the, the kingdom. Uh, they're going into the wilderness. Because Absalom, his son, has taken over the kingdom now, and he has, uh, he has most of Israel on his side. And so as King David is running away from his son, the Bible tells us that Shimei shows up and he starts cursing David out. So think about this. This is how dumb this is. Shimei is one man. There's about 800 people crossing, going back, going to the wilderness. And Shimei shows up and he's up on top of a hill. Maybe that was the smart part. He's on top of the hill and he's cursing these people out down on the bottom. And he's cursing King David, saying all types of stuff, uh, ridiculing him uh, and, and mocking him uh, and insulting him. One of King David's uh, soldiers says, or commander says, David, let me go up there and just chop off his head. David said, no, just, just, just let it go. Let's just, let's just get out of here. And that's what happens. And they keep on moving to the wilderness. And they let Shimea, Shimea throw stones at them. He throws dirt in the air. I don't know that was the thing back in the day. He's just all gone. And then in our text, the Bible says, a couple seasons go by. There's a battle that takes place between uh, 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 King David and his son who had taken over the throne, Absalom. David wins that battle, and so he's working his way back to the kingdom. He's going back to take back his kingdom. And the Bible says Shimea, the same man who met him when he was going out, now meets him as he's coming back, and this is where our text picks up. He comes up and says, hey, David, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> what did I say before? Let's just... So this is where we write our text. Verse 19 and verse 20, the Bible says, Shimei says, my Lord, the king, please forgive me. He pleaded. Forget the terrible thing your servant did when you left Jerusalem. May the king put it out of his mind. I know how much I sinned. Now, whether or not this was a legit apology, that's not my focus. Okay, only God knows and whoever was around that scenario knows. My focus this evening is on the other two individuals involved in the, in the situation. Let's start with Abishai. Abishai is one of King David's commanders. Abishai opposed Shimei's request for mercy. How did he oppose it? The Bible says he pointed to the law and he said... Shimea should die. Why should he die? Because he cursed the king. Because he broke the law. 2 Samuel 19, 21. Then Abishai, son of Zeruiah, said, Shimea should die, for he cursed the Lord's anointed king. So what Abishai is saying is truth. He is speaking truth. Huh? Because according to the law of Israel, anyone who cursed the king huh, was supposed to die. According to the law, Shimei should have been put to death. He was guilty. But what Abishai missed was, he missed a very important aspect of the law, which was mercy. 
You see, Abishai lived by the law, and he died by the law. And there's some of us here, I'd like, uh, I wouldn't like to say it, but we live by the law, and we die by the law. And with that same eyes, the same eye, we look at other people who break the law. What's interesting is this. In the New King James Version, and the one I'm reading is New Living. In the New King James Version, Abishai asks a question. He doesn't make a statement. He asks a question. Listen to this. He says, shall not Shimei be put to death for this? In other words, will he not be punished for breaking the law? And if you notice something about Abishai's request is this. Uh, there's no redemption associated with it. He's not thinking about, man, you know, maybe she, no, no, no. he's like, is he not going to be put, to, is he not going to be punished for breaking the law? If he's dead, he can't be redeemed, can he? You know, sometimes we can be like Abishai within the house of God. We can be so legalistic. Legalistic means you, you, you're all up on the law, Captain America. Follow the law to the death. We can be so legalistic to the point where it's the law, the law, the law, the law, uh, to the point where you forget about mercy. Jesus, speaking to the religious teacher, said, you ignore, the more, you ignore the important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. That's Matthew 23, 23. So this tells me that there's some things within the law of God that hold more weight than other things. Because Jesus said, you, he's speaking to the religious leader, says, you ignore the more important matters. You're ignoring the important things of the law. And he mentions three things, and mercy is one of them. Now, I'm not saying people should just go around within the house of God just breaking all types of rules and there's no rules, regulations. I mean, just, just all out, just wide open. That's not what I'm saying. And then there's no consequences. That's not what I'm talking about. So please balance this. What I'm saying is don't forget mercy. Because Jesus said it's very important within the law of God. Think about this. You and I deserve to die, but we were shown mercy. You and I deserve to die because of our sin, but we were given mercy. Mercy means you don't deserve it. It's given to you. It's given to me. When we broke the law of God as sinners, the Bible says the penalty of death, the penalty of sin is, but we're all still here. Mercy. And what God says in his word is, I have shown you mercy. Now you go and The truth is, sometimes we can hold the bat of the law. 
and we can be like, me included. We can be like police dogs in the house of God. Just sniffing, just showing me who's breaking the law. Who's bringing you know, cocaine in the house of God? Who's, bringing, who's, 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 who's smoking weed in up in here? And we're just ready. Show me. Show me. Why do God say, what about mercy? What about the important things of the law? Do you know the law of God was given to show us our sins? Why was it given to show us our sins? Not to beat us down, but to lead us to the mercy seat of Christ. The law of God leads to the mercy seat of Christ. It's like a big neon sign. When you realize, Pastor Pinnacle was mentioning this morning, how when you have a, a self-awareness, when you look in and you realize, man, I am, I am a sinner. I am a really wretched man. I am a really wretched woman. I am, I am very sinful. When you realize, you come to the law of God and you realize, man, I am a sinner. When you zoom back a little bit, you see that the law of God is like a big neon arrow pointing to the mercy seat of Christ. And you're like, oh, okay, so okay, it's pointing in this direction. Okay. And then you come and find mercy. Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. John 5, 39. What's he saying? Salvation is not found in checking all the boxes. That should liberate someone right there. I know it liberated me. Salvation is not finding out, oh, man, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I've hit nine out of the ten commandments, man. I'm doing I'm... Broken one, you're broken all. <laughs> Jesus is saying, you search the scriptures because you think you find eternal life there. But the scriptures, are, the law is pointing to me. Salvation is found in the mercy seat of Christ. When you discover that, your whole, your whole Christianity just, it just switches up. You're no longer a slave, but now you're a child. That's good right there. You don't have to earn your love from, because you're a child. Just think about this for a moment. Abishai wanted Shimei dead for breaking the law. But David wanted Shimei to live because he had asked for mercy. And so here's a question. Who was more like God in that situation? David or Abishai? Correct whoever said that right there. What would Jesus have done with Shimei in that situation? I'll give you a highlight a little bit. What did Jesus do to the adulterous woman who was caught in the act? What would Jesus have done with Shimei? Mercy. No sin, no. Let's bring it home a little bit. Let's bring it to the chambers of our hearts. What would you have done with Shimei in that situation? Or better yet, what are you doing with Shimei in your situation? <laughs> Let's laugh. He breaks the ice. <laughs> Shimei is a person who has offended you. 
Shimei is a person who has hurt you. Shimei is a person who has degraded you. Shimei is a person who has insulted you. He has mocked you. He has gone around throwing dust in the air and throwing stones at you. Shimei is a thief on the side of the cross uh, who makes fun of you. Uh, and then a couple of hours later comes and asks uh, for mercy. What would you have done with Shimei? The law or mercy? I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. Think about this. The same thief who made fun of Jesus, a couple hours later ended up walking with Jesus' burdens. If Jesus hadn't dealt with that forgiveness right, that mercy right, I don't think it would have been paradise. You, me, heaven ain't going to be heaven if (laughs) if that guy or that girl shows up out there. You haven't situated that right. You know what I mean? You know what I find interesting is this. When Abishai demanded death for Shimei, David called him an adversary. That's interesting language, especially considering the situation. Where you have a person who comes and asks for mercy, he comes before the king. And he asked for mercy, and then you have another individual standing next uh, to that man, uh, and he's demanding death for that man for breaking the law. And then you have the king uh, who desires to show mercy to the person who has broken the law. David here says, says to Abishai, why have you become an adversary today? 2 Samuel 19, 22. Do you know the only, part, the only other person in scripture who's connected to the word adversary is a man in a red suit with a pointy tail? He really doesn't have a red suit with a pointy tail, but it's Satan. He's the only other one with the, with, the, with the title adversary on him. But here it is, David picks that language. He picks that word to use. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, that word means your prosecutor, The devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking he whom he may devour. Do you know that Satan tends to show up in heaven's courts uh, and accuses uh, you and I uh, according to the law uh, in in an attempt for us to get the death penalty? Read the book of Job 1 and 2. Even after he gets saved, he still shows up in heaven trying to get you and I to get the death penalty. Read Zechariah chapter 3. David says to Abishai, this is Mike's translation, you're acting like the devil, Abishai. You're acting like the devil. You have the law in your hand, but there's no mercy on it. The heart isn't there. You're acting like the devil. The man has asked for mercy, Abishai, but you're so locked in on on he broke the law. He broke the law. He he must get punished. He must die. Shimia must die for this, sir. You're missing the whole purpose why the law was given. You're missing the heart of the law. This is mercy. So as we finish up, a heart like God's heart. David's response to Shimei was very different to Abishai's response to Shimei. 
Think about this. David knew Shimei had broken the law, yet with all the evidence piled up against Shimei, David showed him mercy. Verse 23, the Bible says, uh, 2 Samuel 23, the Bible says, 2 Samuel 19:23. Then turning to Shimei, David vowed, your life will be spared. Like David, Jesus turns to those who have believed, you and I, and he says to us, your life will be spared. Even though you've broken the law, your life will be spared. Even though you are breaking the law, your life will be spared. Because uh, since we got saved, I don't think anybody's hit perfection yet. If you have, let me know. Because I'm trying to get there. I'm like Paul. I'm like, man, <laughs> the things I don't want to do, I do. The things I, right? And I was, I've been saved 18 years. I'm like, yo, what's, what's going on? But the honest truth is we're riding Jesus' victory. That's what we're riding on. In simple, when we get before God in heaven and we're standing before God the Father, and I don't know if it's going to happen this way, but let's just go with it. So he says, why should I let you in? What's your response going to be? Jesus. That's it. Not what I did. Jesus. And I'm riding his victory into heaven. And Jesus says to you and I, your life is spared. Romans chapter 8 verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 8 verses 1 and 2. So now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. But there's a catch. What's the catch? Just as I have shown you mercy, you go show others mercy. The mercy you were shown, you are called to show others. David was able to show mercy to Shimei because David understood the mercy that he was shown by God. When you understand the mercy that you are shown by God, you're able to show mercy. Now, I know it's difficult, trust me. People, people ain't right in this world, man. People will hurt you deeply. People who do things that they that they that they they shouldn't do. They say things that they, they shouldn't say. But that doesn't negate what the Bible says. The Bible says you and I need to show mercy. You know, sometimes people will do things to you that you're like, man, you know something? You know something? Mm, 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 mm. Mm. Might as well just go down to H-E double hockey sticks, right? You know? But God says, no. Show mercy. Just like I showed you mercy. James chapter 2, verse 13. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. That's Bible. It bypasses emotion. It bypasses all that stuff and it speaks truth. Because truth has nothing to do with emotion. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's the truth is just truth. 
And he says, God is speaking, and he says to his servant James, and he says, if you don't show mercy, mercy will not be shown to you. That's some serious stuff right there. It makes you reevaluate self, examine yourself, and say, man. Jesus says, if you're on the altar and you're offering your offering, and you remember, man, there's somebody in heaven, I haven't, says you better get up and go out there because it's more important, weightier matters, King James says. It's more weightier matters than your offering. Mercy. James 2.13, there will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Did y'all catch that? He gives a time period for that. When is God going to judge humanity? Somebody better know that one. Oh, my goodness. When is God going to judge humanity? When are we going to stand before God? Judgment seat of Christ, right? Judgment seat. And he says mercy will be thrown out. You'll be brought out. There's some serious things to consider there. Now, I know about judgment of Christ, there's no hell, but, but think about that. Some serious stuff. What's he saying? You can't just show up there on the judgment seat and you're just like, you know, I ain't forgiving nobody, but I'm going into heaven. He's like, hey, he's like, I ain't cutting it. That's what the Bible says. Matthew 18, verses 32 to 33. The king is speaking and he says, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow sovereign just as I had mercy on you? That's a, that's a, that's a question that makes you reevaluate yourself. Shouldn't, I have, shouldn't you have mercy on others just like I had mercy on you? And he leaves it up to you and I to figure that out. With his help, of course, if you desire to show mercy, he will help you. But he says, you got to situate that on this side. Mercy is simply defined as letting someone go even though they're guilty of breaking the law. Letting someone go even though they're guilty of breaking the law. That's what David did with Shimei. That's what Jesus did with the criminal. That's what you and I are called to do. To let them go. Bitterness is holding them. And saying, nope, you're my prisoner. I'm going to make you pay. You brought the law, I will make you pay. Mercy is, I'm letting you go. Just like I was let go. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this evening. Heads bowed and eyes closed in the presence of God. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to his people. The Bible is very clear on what God desires from, from his people, you and I. Sometimes it's very difficult, I know. I've lived it. I am living it. 
There will be offenses in the world, Jesus said. People will step on your toes. People will step on your heart. But scripture says, there's a demand for mercy to be shown. And God desires to help us. He desires to help us through all this. Because he knows he's walked the dusty ground of this world and he knows he's been wounded multiple times. He was even wounded when he hung on that cross. But he showed mercy even in the end. And he calls us to do the same. And if you've lived long enough in this world, you've been wounded. There's no way around it. Somebody has got you. Or somebody's. And you can't live your Christian life keeping them your prisoners. No one might know, but God knows. And he's speaking to you this evening. He's speaking to your heart in the compartment of your heart where you are holding those individuals prisoners. Is it right what they did? No, it's not right. They broke the law. But is it right what you're doing by holding them as prisoners? No. Because you were shown mercy. Go and show others mercy. Maybe you're here today and you haven't experienced the mercy of God. You're not saved. And you say, I want to get saved. I want to get right with Jesus Christ. Raise your hand, I can pray with you this evening. You're not saved. You know you're not saved. You know if you were to die tonight, you're not sure where you go, heaven or hell. And the Holy Spirit has his hand on you and he's saying, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Now it's time to get right with you. Raise your hand and I can pray with you this evening. You're not saved and you want to get saved. Maybe you're backslidden. You once were involved in the things of God. You once walked with God. But you're no longer walking with God. You're no longer involved in the things of God. And God has been dealing with you and telling you, hey, hey, son, daughter, it's time to come back. It's time to get things right with me. And you made the decision to, to do that, to come. And grateful you did that, but you got to finalize it by getting it right with Jesus Christ. Coming to church doesn't save you. Getting it right with Jesus saves you. Repenting of your sins is what saves you. Unless you're born again, the Bible says, you shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And you're here today, you're backsliding, you want to get things right, you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. Raise your hand and I can pray with you this evening. Not saved, backsliding. We're going to open up the altars. We're going to sing a song. This is a place where you deal with those issues. If you have people you haven't forgiven, people you, 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 you haven't shown mercy to, this is the place, the altar. is where you lay it down, you lay it down and leave them here. The altars are open. You can spend time with God as we sing this song.